This podcast is intended for adults 18 years and older. It contains explicit language and sexual situations. All thoughts and opinions expressed are of our own and not of those of any specific group, employer, or individual, and is not intended to take as professional advice. Welcome to the Foreplay Podcast. Join the journey, experiences, and sexual adventures of two high school sweethearts navigating through the swinging lifestyle as millennials. Come along for the ride. Dare to play. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Foreplay Podcast. It's Bella. It's Jace. We are so excited to share with you guys today that we have a special guest with us, John and Jackie Melfi from Collect Clubs and Open Love 101. So thank you guys so much for being here. We're so excited to talk to you guys. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thanks for inviting us. Oh, this. my We're God. Yes. Thanks yeah. for having us. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you, thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we're so excited to be able to get to know them more, get to know their story more, and have them share their story with you guys. We feel like this is such a surreal moment for us because if you guys are listening to our podcast, have been listening for a long time, you guys know how integral the Collect Clubs has been to our journey in the lifestyle and it was our first club and our first experiences and a majority of our experiences in the first few years of our lifestyle journey was meeting people yeah and so we're so so excited to be here it's like it it feels like full circle full swing i guess you could say (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome So we'll go ahead and get to know John and Jackie more. One of our favorite conversation starters with meeting lifestyle couples is hearing their origin story. Can you give us a brief version of your swinger origin story and how you got started in the lifestyle? It's so funny, like nobody can see that we're just looking at each other like, who's going first? (laughs) I guess I'll go first this time. Um, I knew nothing about swinging when John and I reconnected. And uh, when we were talking, about what we do, you know, I was like, I'm in banking, what do you do? And he's like, well, I own nightclubs. I'm like, well, that's cool. And then it came out the kind of nightclub that he owned. And it was like, well, you know, I own these these swinger clubs or a swinger club. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't even really know what, what he was talking about. The only, the only thing I did know was that in the little town that I lived in at the time, there was this rumor going around that one of my daughter's classmates' parents were swingers. <laughs> and I just remember feeling so sorry for them. You know, like, oh, they don't love each other. And, oh, they have to. So that was like the only thought pattern that I had about what a swinger was. It, it, so it definitely wasn't really positive. But then, like I said, when John and I reconnected, he was just such a great guy. You know, and he was he was talking about relationships and, you know, how great they were and what he did and just how he was as a person I found intriguing because I was like, okay, if I have this thought pattern that swinging is like super negative, then he's he doesn't fit in that mold, you know. And plus, I had just come out of a second divorce and I was thinking like, I don't know how to do relationships. I just like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. And so... When we started talking, though, about, you know, what he did, and then he started talking about, did I have fantasies? You know, I was 48 years old by this time, so I was just kind of nestled into myself. I felt a little more comfortable about talking about things. I wasn't all googly-eyed like I was at, you know, 18 dating somebody. It was, I felt more mature, so I also felt like I was ready to maybe talk about some stuff that I'd never been able to talk about in my other relationships. And I also figured, like, well, I didn't have anything to lose. You know, why not? Let's let's go ahead and just go for the 
go for the gold. And that's kind of how I started in it. I mean, we just started talking about it. And John was like, well, let's let's try some of this stuff. Of course, you know, at the time when I was talking about it with him, I didn't think we were actually trying anything. It was just like, it was Hello just talk. Yeah, yeah, it was just fun to talk about. It was like fantasy talk. And when he was like, well, we should do that. I was like, well, no, no, just hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you, John? How did you get your start? Since I, I moved from the small town Jackie was referring to, to Florida, when I was 18, and my very first night in Tampa, I got picked up by two girls and had a threesome with them. And I was in heaven. And uh, it just kept on going on, not with just with them, but then, you know, orgies with other people. And, uh, you know, it was always group sex and threesomes. And I mean, I had one-on-one sex too, but it just seemed like there was a lot of that more open sexuality going on for some reason from 18 until my early 20s. And I, I didn't really define what it was. I didn't know what it was. And then it's <clears throat> just sex to me. And even relationships I had with people, there were some threesomes involved and it wasn't really talked about. It's just, you know, I'm with my girlfriend and then the guys, my friend, we were at a friend's house and he walks in and he decides to join in and no one said no. It just kind of happened. And uh, <laughs> Jackie's like, that seems so far outside of anything that I'm like, no, so I never had any experiences like people that. People would ask, you know, so how do you, you know, what are you, what do you live with? And I'm just like, I'm just open-minded. I don't know. I'm down with anything. And it wasn't until years later and some friends of mine took me to uh, my first real swingers club was in Amsterdam. And we got there and I saw what was going on. I'm like, this is what I am. Yeah. I'm a swinger. There's <laughs> <laughs> a label. I feel like that's not right Yeah. And that was it. And then, my people. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. a whole... My tribe. <laughs> and that was it. And then I, I owned a nightclub at that time. And then I started a night at that nightclub. I called it Kama Sutra Night. And I had a liquor license, so I had to be kind of careful. And I put all these books about Kama Sutra on the bar. And I put a couple of futons out. And, it, and we would lock the doors. And then people would start massaging each other. And then it would lead to clothes coming off. And then it would turn into an orgy. And that's really how I got into this whole thing. It was just kind of perchance recognizing, you know, realizing who I was and that I loved that kind of aspect of things. And it just, it just progressed from there. That's really cool. I feel like it sounds like the universe just kind of knew. And it kind of just Put led you, in the, right you in the right place at the right time. And then you were like, this is it. This this is who I am. This is what I'm meant to do. And, and that yeah. sounds really cool. I think we all are, actually. I think I yeah. was just following the natural path of man or human. Yeah. And we oppress ourselves mm-hmm. through all these other rules into being this certain kind of relationship. And that's the only relationship model you can be in. And yeah. I just was never, that was never pounded into my head I wasn't brainwashed into thinking there was only a certain way for people to be sexually or in a relationship so I think I just happened I was just like this is what happens to humans naturally if you just if you just go yeah, yeah. and I it's cool that you imagine what that would have been yeah like. I couldn't either yeah you, like I'm same, always yeah. thinking I gotta be careful or there's some other thought pattern going on in my head I can't imagine if I'd just been like sure come on let's do it I was like <laughs> wow <laughs> but I feel like now in the lifestyle, we're more open to those kinds of things. And it's because of that, I feel like I'm able to kind of become my own person yeah. more yeah. so now. But that's cool that you were able to see, find that so early, too. Yeah. And right? that kind of, yeah. And it kind of leads into our next question is, what inspired you to start your own swingers clubs in America? Well, that was really it. I was already yeah. in the nightclub business. And um, uh, a good friend of mine at the time, they were opening a swingers club. And so I helped them get that open. And then we had the, the night at my vanilla club. 
And my vanilla club catered really to uh, younger people that were into, uh, now they call it electronic dance music. Back then, we it, there was so many different labels, trance, house, and those, that's when ecstasy was really popular in like its purest form. And back then, it really, it was in the early 90s, so mid-90s. It wasn't really cut with some of the things today. So a lot of these parties, kids were doing ecstasy. I say kids, you know, I mean people in the, you know, 18 yeah. and up. And that that would morph into, because it was really kind of a touchy-feely drug. And you, you, I would go to these parties or have them at my club and it would just, people just touching each other. It was really kind of like this free love movement in that in that music genre at the time. I think it still goes on today. Yeah. Um, but that's really when I was exposed to that aspect of it. And then... I closed that club and, and moved to Tampa, and that's where I opened my, my own. With my partners in Atlanta, we opened a swingers club in Tampa, and it, it wasn't a Colette. It was called it was called Taboo, and it was in a small. It was a commercial district, but it was in a, a house that had been turned into commercial property. So that's where we had the first the first one, and uh, and then from there, Colette New Orleans. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And so with that, where do you see the future of Colette? Are you looking into expansion into more states and cities or kind of keeping it how it is now? No, you know, when I met, when Jackie and I, I say met, we reconnected from high school 30 years later. And, and you guys went to elementary school together too, right? And that yeah. is, well, we didn't know that until after we'd been married, but yeah, we did. <laughs> so and cute. the uh, when Jackie and I met, I owned the club in New Orleans. I had a club in Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah, and then I was in the process of opening a club in Dallas, Texas. So since then, we've opened Houston and Austin. And Houston was really kind of an aggressive, I really wanted to get something open here, so I really came here often and tried to find the property. What I, For me, though, I've, I reach out to club owners that maybe you're wanting to get out of the business or struggling and try and buy an existing club and then, and then rebrand it as Colette. So we're always looking. I mean, mm -hmm. I get calls from people in other cities and states. I don't care where it is. I just, I just, I, I think we have a great brand, mm -hmm. and it's an, it's an easier, it's a simple way to to get another to take a venue that's already there, existing. It's got the bar, it's got the bathrooms, electricity, all those things you need to open a club, and we can just rebrand it and provide you know an upscale spot for people to in, you know enjoy their their newfound sexuality, and then. Um, yeah, that's really it. And so it really anywhere. If people came along and said, hey, I'm in Miami, I got a club, you know, that we're, it's regular nightclub, we want to convert to a swingers club, you want to partner up, we would be there partnering. So, Do you think you would do it in different countries or more focusing in the U.S.? So I had, you know, we had the club in the Dominican Republic and it, it, it was at a resort. And so definitely, I mean, it was, it, it served a niche for people that traveled and, and we're looking at doing some things in other countries as well that are yeah. tied into resorts. So Very I think cool. definitely down the road you might see something like that happen, yes. Amazing. I can't wait. I hope so. We'll be like McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, <Or> Starbucks. Being such advocates of the singing lifestyle for 20 plus years, did you have any role models or people you looked up to along the way? Yeah, I think for sure. You know, early on, there were people that had, you know, been around before us uh, there was a, a guy named uh, Bob that had a club out in California, and he had he has a, it's, I think it may still be out there. It's called uh, NASCA NASCA.org, and it was a place for swingers to search for other clubs and stuff like that, and to get maybe some you know advocacy. Bob and Tess Hannaford, you know, they were really 
They do uh, not in Nolens. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they had a swingers party takeover in New Orleans when I opened the club there, and we became friends. You know, Bob and I's thing was let's work together and grow the lifestyle. You know, we didn't really feel as though we were competitors, even though we were reaching the same audience and and we were open the same nights. But we have always worked together all these years, including with Naughty Nolens. And they started, the, they did the first couples cruise uh, back in, I think, 2008 or 2009. You know, and now that cruise lines have so many companies that are doing cruise ship takeovers. And it really was... He, he was the first guy to get his foot in the door and start that. So I, I definitely, business-wise, I looked up t- to them. And there's some other people along the way, you know, that have been in the lifestyle a long time um, that, that maybe aren't out, but they they just had this great relationship. And I, I looked at their relationship model and just really loved it and aspired to have that kind of relationship, and which Jackie and I do today. So. Yeah. Jackie, do you have any one in particular that has able to make you kind of come into your own own self? Well, my greatest inspiration was John. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, like I yeah. really tried to emulate a lot of the things that he was doing because I just loved how much he loved who he was. You know, that just seemed, it was funny. You know, like the entire time I thought I loved who I was without recognizing that I kept so much of myself hidden or concealed or protected or I was really super conscious of how my behavior was and how it was going to be perceived and you know because of the way I was raised mm-hmm. and he just kind of did what he wanted to do and he just tell people what he thought and I was like god just seems so awesome <laughs> you know how do you do that so he was really my inspiration for a lot of things but I come at it from a much more just the way my brain's wired a much more scientific Outlet. So I was, I was much more interested in the science of what was going on. So I was pulling up research papers, or I was going to books. You know, the myth of monogamy, or Untrue by Wednesday Martin, or the Ethical Slut. Just all of those people that took the time to actually write a book about the science behind who we are as just animals in the animal kingdom and how we behave. And for me, that's what gave this validity it wasn't to me then it it stopped becoming you know we always call it a lifestyle but it's really more than that you know john's how he is intrinsically like he's not trying to be this that's just who he is Mm -hmm. and i think so often you know like especially well speaking for myself i was who i was because of how i was taught to be and i think there's a huge difference yeah. And it can be really hard to step off that path and try to figure out, like, who am I intrinsically? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's really cool because I think that most of the time when I think about that question, I think of a person that I've met or people that I've seen. And I think the fact that you're coming from authors or people that have taught something about it and you're able to learn from these people that maybe you haven't, you haven't met, but they still influence you in this different way. And I think it's cool that... I know you both have like such different answers, but it still gets you to the same place of how it's helped you grow. And I think that's a cool Definitely. Like, parallel. Yeah. And, and we'll have those books listed in the show notes for you guys yeah. if you guys wanted to read the ones that she mentioned. In addition to those, you know, once you, if you come from a place of monogamy and then you're trying to open up your relationship and, you know, have relationships with others, and, you know, more than you're just your partner. When you come from a really strict monogamous background, you're meant to feel shame and you can feel guilt and things like that. So Jackie really has read authors like Brene Brown, for instance, 
that has helped her get through some of those feelings of guilt and shame. And so even people outside the lifestyle, there's literature out there mm -hmm. that can help you navigate those really negative feelings. So. Yeah, that also kind of leads into our other question. I feel like this has been able to flow so well in our <laughs> conversation. But what do you believe people misunderstand most about the lifestyle? And, and we've talked about this. I feel like I've talked about it a lot, the, the sexual side of it. You know, we get so caught up in the novelty of what people think it is that we're doing that they don't even bother to find out about the substance of it you know like there's there's there is something heavy and tangible and solid about what it is that we do but it, I understand why they can't see that is because it's constantly sensationalized constantly I mean we we can even do it within our own community we can sensationalize it instead of like how do we get people to see that it's something real and not just something cyclical you know, we're, oh, we're just doing this for right now um, instead of, no, this is just kind of who we are mm -hmm. and um, this is how we behave. And I think it's, it's really almost sad to me to think that we almost get taught out of who, who we are as animals. You know, we forget that we're just another animal in the animal kingdom and, and how we behave. I mean, yeah, we can we can we have this degree of consciousness that enables us to communicate verbally and so we can you know like really get in touch with that but what with the downside of that is that we can communicate about something in a way that makes it like a villain mm -hmm. right and so that really bothers me can you speak on just for a second i know yesterday we kind of talked about the whole how you describe things as like sprinkles compared to because i feel like that's like kind of where you're going with that if it's misunderstood of it's not just sex it's all the love and the things that build the ingredients of a cake does that make sense what i'm saying yeah no way and you and i talked about this yeah and that's, i wanted the people to hear that because i think it was really cool how you worded it well you know i think you know when you've got a relationship you know anybody that's in a relationship there's a lot of different components or ingredients that are mm -hmm. needed for that relationship and the sad thing about the relationship that I have with John or the, the, the two of you have is everybody wants to make the sex the main ingredient. But to me, that's the frosting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because you can't have the cupcake if you don't have all of those ingredients. And so to me, the ingredients that are needed for a relationship that can even be frosted is trust and vulnerability and transparency and comprehension. Because you can talk to each other all day long, but if you're not understanding yeah. what the other person's saying, it doesn't make any difference. Um, you know, empathy, trust. You know, you have to be able to tell your partner if you're in fear of something. And your partner has to be able to listen to that in love. You know, we talk about unconditional love, but, you know, that can be a really hard space to get to especially with how we've been raised because a lot of how we're raised is to be jealous yep. is to be controlling you know is to be all of these things and that's how relationships get defined so to to switch that up can be can be difficult but yeah i you know i love thinking about 
our sex life gets to be this amazing, wonderful thing as a result of these other things we've done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I just thought it was so beautiful how you explained it when we talked about it. So I just wanted everyone else to hear, because we have a very similar mindset to that. And I think that's why we connected about that. But I think the way that you worded it was just so like eloquent. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we, we met a couple in the lifestyle and she described lifestyle stuff as like all of the connections and things that we make in the play that we get to do with other people in the lifestyle as sprinkles so frosting is like is like sex with each other like the intimacy that kind of stuff and then but before you even have that just like jackie said you have to have that foundation and so Mm -hmm. i thought it was cool that she even used the word sprinkles as describing swinging and right. I thought that was cool. And she said she already had the icing on the top of the cake with her husband. And now yeah. it's sprinkles. So you already have oh, that's that cool. yeah. Yeah. plus more. And this is just this extra thing that you're building mm-hmm. onto something that's already even more than you could ever ask for. You know, from, well, I mean, for me, from the business side, sometimes I think in the business world, uh, we're definitely misunderstood. And, and I've seen it many, many times over the years where someone I'm trying to do business with will decide not to do business with me because of how they perceive me and what we do. And as just a sexual thing, in a negative, in a, in a negative way, we're animals, and it's been really challenging over the years. You know, I mean, I've ended up in court fighting for what we believe in, and, and the fact that I think providing a safe place for people like us to meet other people like us, you know, and explore their sexuality is really important and vital for our mental health and and to be able to be who we are, and and for for Local governments and other people to try and put a thumb on us and keep us from doing those things is, is you know, it's it really has been frustrating and challenging and and so I think we're definitely misunderstood in that way. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with what Jackie says too. You know, I think I mean, absolutely it really is more about the overall relationship and then the things that we do sexually together really are just icing on the cake and so many people get into this. They have a curiosity about it. Maybe they get into it for sexual reasons. And, and even then, when they when they come to come, like Jackie, the first time she ever came to Colette Dallas, in her mind, she felt as though it was just going to be, people were going to drag her, you know, grab her by the hair and drag her into the back. And, you know, these crazy things are going to happen back there. And she still came because in her mind, that would be kind of exciting if that happened. <laughs> but that wasn't what happens in there. People are socializing and meeting each other and getting to know each other and there's all this talk and conversation and and I think a lot of people on the outside they have the idea of what goes on in clubs is what Jackie had or what her yeah. idea of it was and it's really not that at all. Mm-hmm. We're just a segment of the population that have similar interests and we have a different way of living our lives and our relationship model and and you know being around people like that and talking about our experiences like we're doing here right now, you know, it's really yeah. A beautiful thing about the really about our about the lifestyle and so many people too I think they come in thinking it's just gonna be sex but then they end up making friends yep. yeah. and going out to dinner and lunches and talking about their kids and their kids get together it's just so much more to it there's so much depth to it yeah. and it really has for me the relationship that I've had with Jackie because she's really the first person I've had more of an open relationship with and and I'm so grateful for her and for her to have an open enough mind to allow those things to happen and progress and, and just kind of flow. And it has helped me to become more, you know, like I talked about being shy the other day. Now I, I, I feel like I have more self-confidence and a better self-esteem. 
and we've been able to grow our businesses together. I mean, we just, so much, I think definitely those things are misunderstood and they just really make us small. Yeah. And, and we're really huge. And knowing how big you both are in advocating for the swinging lifestyle and showing the true depths and beauty of what it truly is at its core, what are some ways you think we as a community can make change for acceptance of ethical non-monogamy? Well, number one, at some point, people have to have the courage to step out and be open. And if you just look at men and women that are, are gay, you know, they were they had to keep it in the closet, especially in the 60s and 70s. And they started breaking out of it in the 70s. And how they broke out was by becoming more open about who they were. And there was a lot of fear. I know there was a lot of fear in, 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 in taking that step. But it's the only way it's going to change. Otherwise, you're still going to have clubs getting raided and shut down and parties being closed down and people losing their jobs over it because of you know morality clauses in their contracts and and it takes people like like you guys you know like Bella and Jason us and other people that are more open that aren't that you know have walked through those fears and we don't expect everyone to do it because you know there is a lot to lose for some people but more and more people have to be willing to come out and I think uh, social media today is causing that to happen Maybe not intentionally. Maybe people didn't intend to be outed. But if you're going to be in social media talking about your open relationship or poly or swinger relationship, whatever it is, there's a good chance people are going to find out about it and you've just outed yourself. And the people that we know that have done it, when they've gotten to the other side of it, they're stronger for it. Mm-hmm. And they're grateful that it happened. Yeah. You know, So I think that's definitely the number one way it's going to have to happen. Here's the thing. You have to... You have to believe it in what it is that you're doing. Because if you don't, how do you expect anybody else to? I mean, I've always had the, the theory that I'm going to tell you who I am. You're not going to tell me who I am. So if I beat you to that punch, how are you ever going to be able to argue with me about that? You know, because I've already, I've already admitted. I've already become vulnerable. I've already told you with a degree of confidence about what it is that I do and I'm satisfied with what it is that I do so I mean you can have a negative comment but it's it's not going to penetrate me the same way that if I feel like I'm a victim to what it is that I'm doing I'm in charge of what I'm doing I like what I'm doing so there you go you know kind of kind of thing to me that's how you know, that's how you create that critical mass. Everybody has to step forward. You know, if we're all standing in this line, who's responsible for this? You know, who did this? We all have to step forward. And if enough of us are stepping forward, the the people on the other side of that line are going to be like, oh, shoot. I didn't realize, we were, you know, that it was everywhere. Um, and so we can't ignore it anymore. But I do think a, a lot of times, like with just like we were talking about with the gay community, you know, there was just so, it, it was this, they were up against the same thing. That's whole sexualized definition of them. It's like, oh, these are men having sex with each other. Yeah, it was, you know, all, about, it was, it was all about blowjobs, natal sex and things like that. And it really didn't... Talk about the fact no. that they can have families and they're in loving relationships and, uh, you know, they can be parents and they can be successful parents and they can, you know, they're not any different and it I think it's going to be that same kind of platform that you know we need to be able to drive home 
and be, you know, we've got to be proud of who we are. Exactly, Good yeah. gravy. I mean, come on. Because um, nothing we're doing is shameful. Whenever you really see like what it is, and I wish more people would be okay with with showing that and, right. and being okay saying like you know like nothing we're doing is wrong well it's all consensual yeah when you know when you look at when you look at the history of how people discuss our relationship model as opposed to another relationship model if my neighbor gets divorced people in society are going to blame one or the other you know they're going to be like well he did this or she did that or is it but if john and i got divorced it's because they were swingers. It's because they were non-monogamous. But you don't ever hear, well, of course they got divorced. They were monogamous. Yeah, <laughs> you never exactly. hear that. You know, so the relationship model gets blamed. Not the actual what's called yeah, like, what's what's going it's usually, on. It's usually thing. not that. Yeah. Usually underlying yeah. factors that are causing something. And then maybe this was the tip of the iceberg. An argument stemmed from something. But it was because the foundation was ruined before any of this even happened. Right. And, think, you know, yeah. fear causes to... Con- causes us to control situations and that's not just personal things you know it's not just people i mean it's society can do that government can do that they get in fear they try to control something so if you really stop to look at what government or religion or big groups of society are trying to control it can give you a pretty good window of what they're in fear of yeah and so then it's about how can i educate these people so that they don't have to be in fear of this thing that they can actually see it's we can turn the light on. It's not there's not a monster under the bed. Mm-hmm. What are some ways people who may not be ready to be out as swingers in any capacity help push the movement forward? One great way if people are uncomfortable about being out with friends and family and their work is they can maybe support organizations that are advocacies for our lifestyle. And one of the main ones is NCSF, National Coalition of Sexual Freedom. And uh, Jackie and I are involved with them. Uh, you know, all of our clubs Close support them as business. We support them personally. Uh, we're spokespeople for them if they ever have any press and they need someone to talk about our lifestyle. You know, we're on the list of people to contact for that. But they do so much more. And, um, you know, not just in swinger lifestyle, <clears throat> for lack of a better word, but also BDSM lifestyle and any kind of kink kink you know out there that you know is not the normal strictly monogamous uh missionary position relationship so they're they're a great group and and i'm uh on our site you'll find the link to to that organization and they definitely need monetary you know money help to keep pushing forward so that's that's a great way we'll link that below and that's ncsfreedom.org do you guys have any mistakes you've made in your lifestyle journey that you've learned from that can help others avoid potential pitfalls in their own journey absolutely (laughs) Uh, number one i think if you are if you're struggling with something it's important to communicate that with your partner early on Uh, we have a tendency to try and just on our own fight through things and it's always easier to get through fears as a team, no matter what it is. You know, if, if you're having in, in sports or in, in, in sobriety or in the lifestyle, it's always easier if you have people in your, you know, in your, in your group to help you push through it. And so that's, that's number one. Don't try and do it on your own because mm-hmm. it can really end up being traumatic, overly traumatic. For me, it always comes back to kind of that honesty level about you know, what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. And, 
you know, I'm one of those people that if I haven't ever tried something, I'm a, I'm going to always assume like the first time that I tried it, I, I may not be able to make a judgment call on whether I like something or not because I'm like, well, do I not like it just because it's new or do I just really not like what's happening? So I have a tendency to let things kind of maybe even drag on, you know, because I'll try it a third time or a fourth time or a fifth time or a sixth time. It's like, where's my cutoff to where I'm like, okay, maybe this really isn't, you know, like settling with me well enough. So it's, it's about, you know, so much about relationships is the ability to know who you are in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so if you have somebody that is learning who that is, you know, if you're trying to learn who you are, it can open you up for those, I guess what you would call mistakes, you know, because you're, you're a student you know so you're you're gonna you're gonna miss some questions or you're gonna get some answers wrong and so that's like john said that's really you know where you're working together um it was really hard for me at first to know how to tell a play partner no Mm -hmm. you know i was like i didn't want to hurt their feelings and i do you know but i was forgetting like well am i hurting my feelings yes you know so um you know being able to feel confident enough to say yes or no without having to. One of my problems was because I was wanting to be so accommodating, I would almost have to gather anger to push up my answer to get it even out of my face. You know, like, I don't want to do this. It's like, well, why are you getting so mad? Because I can't say it. It's like, you can just say you don't want to do it. And I was like, wow, that's such a weird concept. I can just say that. You know, so there's been some real growth. And, you know, like John said, I I have had to, you know, I had to reach out to somebody. I was like, I think I need some help walking through this thing because I'm not, I feel like I'm in the dark. I need a candle here just to kind of navigate. And that can even be, you know, like I'm totally for therapy or counselors when it came to other people. It's that kind of it's kind of that, like, I want you to be vulnerable, but I don't want to be vulnerable because it's a different connotation if I'm vulnerable. You know, so it was about getting even through that, like past our own view of what we're doing. So yeah. that's another reason why I just, I love what we do because it pushed me past a point that now I feel like I'm becoming a whole person. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so it's so wholesome, and I'm so excited for people to listen to this and like really see how deep it all, you know it all yeah. gets. It's yeah. not just sex stories all the time. So since some of the questions we've been talking about have been a little bit heavier, <laughs> uh, we wanted to ask one more fun question that's a bit more lighthearted. Um, have you learned or come across any swinger hacks that could help people along in their own lifestyle journey? Um, Jace will give yeah, an I'm example. So. We did some accident one time and this for this example we were it was we were some vanilla friends and sometimes it can be kind of difficult to maybe tell a vanilla friend that you're in the lifestyle and people look for like how do I say that without it coming off the wrong way or coming off where I'm hitting on you or whatever it is and in this example we were we were drinking with this couple and I had a shot glass that was a lifestyle shot glass and so I accidentally gave them my lifestyle shot glass instead of the one that had nothing on it so when they picked up the glass, it said whatever lifestyle site it was. And they're like, this says some swinger word on it. They're like, what is, what's, what is this about? And then I said, 
oh, well, and it was actually, I guess we can tell them. But in that way, we told somebody that we were in the lifestyle without it seeming like we were trying to, it was very comfortable because we weren't putting a move on them. They asked us about it. And so now we're like, oh, that's just kind of a workaround. If you didn't want to just be straightforward, it kind of helped you have an in because that it made you ask somebody about it. And not necessarily to do anything with them, but just no. if you wanted to share this part of you with somebody who was vanilla, but you didn't know how to go about that. We were like, hey, that's actually a pretty good way to go about that without it being threatening or anything. Yeah. Right. So yeah, just any like little hack that you guys have learned that has helped anything in the lifestyle. Yeah, so I ask them what they do for a living, and then they tell me, and then they ask me what I do for a living. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's really easy. <laughs> you know, I was I was at a gathering not too long ago with, you know, just a bunch of women, and there were several of them I didn't know, you know, and uh, they were talking about having to leave to go do something. I was like, yeah, I've got to go too. I've got some work to do. And they're like, oh, well, what do you do? And I always feel myself go. <sighs> We own swingers clubs. And then they're just like, what? You know, and then, then the questions start. But it's almost, and I don't do it for the shock value. I just do it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's astounding the questions that I'll get. And sometimes it's not even about the lifestyle. It's about issues that those women are having, maybe even with their own adult children that are coming out as something or... You know, they need some help and how to have those conversations. And all of a sudden now, I'm this person that they feel like they can talk to and they don't even know me. But because of what I do, I'm like this um, it's like you, they point of contact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, well, if you do this, I can, t- I can ask you that. And I love that. Yeah, I do too. And then, you know, your idea about having something that yes, has, it has something center, on like, it. You know, when when uh, Jackie wrote her book, we got some help designing the cover and everything, and we didn't realize till after the fact, like, most people probably aren't going to have that book lying around their house. A swinger's lifestyle, the questions are for <laughs> <laughs> That's not on your coffee table. No. That is not, like, I was not thinking. I. So we've recently been talking about maybe doing a second a second edition that has more of like a brown paper cover, you know, yeah. that you could have out. But just if you wanted to have a swinger, that's what you could do. Just buy the book and put it on your coffee table. Yeah. And that's a great generate, hack. Yeah. yeah. People will ask quite like, what's this for? And you can yeah. tell them. It's the same exact thing, but it's just decor. So I guess even you could have an upside down pineapple thing that you accidentally left out when somebody came over and be like, oh, what is that? I think it just gives you an in to have a very comfortable conversation because someone's asking you and they can't take it the wrong way. Yeah. So I think sometimes if you told somebody... Maybe people that don't understand what it's about are, are thinking, oh, do, are they trying to get us to do this? And that's not what you're trying to say. It's just I'm trying to inform you of who I am because we're friends and I want you to know who I really am. So I feel like having that lets someone approach you instead of you approach them, which I feel like makes it more comfortable for the group in certain situations. Please let the people know what you have going on and where they can find you on the internet. Our website is openlove101.com and colletteclubs.com. I mean, definitely that's the place to start. And then, you know, at the bottom of those pages, you'll find links to our social media pages instagram we have a youtube channel open the 101 open the 101 yeah on youtube uh that's a great place to see our videos, videos and it, on our website read jackie's blogs those are the best ways you know jackie and i also coach couples and like you would mentioned earlier in the podcast how to navigate certain things if you're struggling with something like fear and jealousy you can go to openlove101.com and join openlove101 plus it's a it's a like a behind the scenes 
portal where you can get more information. Membership. Yeah, okay. about how to get these things and, and socialize with other people that maybe you're going through the same things you're going through. And then if you're really struggling, you can always, you know, reach out to us and we can set up uh, Zoom meetings or in-person uh, one-on-one weekends where we can help navigate some of the struggles you may have with your relationship, you know, in trying this. So those are the best ways, I think. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for talking with us. This was such an amazing conversation and we'll have everything that we talked about linked below and where you can find John and Jackie and of course, Colette Clubs. They have locations in Houston, Austin, Dallas, and New Orleans. And you guys know we love them. So we love love (laughs) Colette Clubs. So make sure you guys go check them out. And again, thank you guys so much for being on our show and talking with us. Um, We do one more thing every episode where Mm we stray from just lifestyle stuff and we talk about our weekly obsessions and so this could be a book or a movie or a food or a anything yeah anything that you're obsessed with for the week yeah it has been going on in your life and so we'll go first you have a second to think about but it's just something that you've watched recently or liked recently and so that way it's something non-sexual that just is i don't know fun to talk about something yeah basic so for me this week we started watching a show called the witcher on netflix we finished the first season we're on the second season it took me like a little bit to get into it, but I've really been enjoying. I've really been enjoying that show. We love that show too. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I've really like yeah. We're on second season. I've really been enjoying it. And then there's a song called Malibu by Kim Petras, which just feels very summery to me. And since it's summer right now when we're filming this, I've just been enjoying that song. Mine is a Shibari. So I got more into Shibari. I've been into Shibari for a, a little while, but now more into doing more self ties, different self ties. Whenever I whenever I go out to lifestyle clubs, I'm usually wearing some type of rope now and it makes me feel good makes me feel sexy i like the art of it and figuring it all out i've always been the kind of person that likes to like untangle things i don't know why Mm -hmm. like it problem uh, solved (laughs) (laughs) and so learning how to do that has been exciting and then my other thing is uh there's a limited series on netflix that i've been watching called the maid and it is so good it's about like a it's about a, a a couple a couple and so she gets some abuse happening to her and and her and her daughter kind of have to figure out how to get away from that and life and everything and it's it's really touching and it's been a really good show we know what your obsession is what is that go-karting karting yes i I want to become a professional go-kart racer (laughs) so i'm working on that (laughs) these guys saw me today i put on my new uh God, I can't think of the name of that thing. It's a, it's a, it's a little thing. It looks thing like goes, a ski mask. It looks like it a ski that. mask. But you put it on. I don't know why I want to call you... it a baklava. <laughs> you put it on before you put your helmet on, so it doesn't make your helmet all sweaty and gross. Yeah, and then the other thing is, uh, in, in you guys are hopefully going to stay and partake, but we're having goat yoga for a bunch of friends tomorrow. Oh yeah. And uh, so goat yoga is one of my new kind of like, ooh, I can't wait. Um, I've I've been reading Brene Brown's latest book, The Atlas of the Heart. And she's got a workbook that comes with that. And, it, you know, it's just another one of those research books that I get <laughs> hooked into. So that's really what I've been doing lately. Thank you guys so much for being on our podcast. I'm so excited for people to hear this one. I think there's a lot of insight. You guys have so much insight. So I think people are going to learn a lot. And I thank you guys for being here. And I said being inspirations, being these like beacons that people can look up to. I said, like we've told you a billion times, but you guys have made such an impact in our life. And I know there's just countless people that you've done that for both of you guys. And I think that's incredible. So yeah, thank you you for being on our podcast and, and thank you for everyone listening here and let's hit you with the outro.
Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the show, you can leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to our podcast. All our information will be listed in the show notes below and on our website, foreplay.com. That's the number four, O-U-R-P-L-A-Y.com. We have a digital online game called Foreplay the Game. It's the ultimate adult party game for the sexually inclined and perfect for breaking the ice. You can find more information at foreplay.com slash games. We also have swinger and lifestyle clothing and accessories that you can find at foreplay.com slash shop. We have a bunch of different lifestyle events and resorts that we'll be attending and would love to party with you at them. Check foreplay.com slash events for a list of everywhere we'll be. And if you're looking to plan a lifestyle destination, booking through our links really helps support the show and helps us be able to continue to create this type of content for you. We also have a Facebook group and Discord community and would love for you guys to join us. You can find the direct links in the show notes below. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Foreplay Podcast and TikTok at Foreplay Official. I have an OnlyFans, which you can find at OnlyFans.com slash VIP or my free one at BellaLunaFree. Lastly, we're on Cassidy and SDC at Foreplay, and you can get a free 30-day full membership by using our link. You can email us at hello at foreplay.com with any questions or comments or head to foreplay.com slash ask. Again, all our information will be listed in the show notes below, and we thank you so much for listening to our podcast. See you in the next one. Bye!